Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by my guest, Goblin Archives, the author of Liminal Horror. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Logar. I appreciate it. Oh, okay. it's good to have you on. I'm excited to get you on. I, I'm excited to talk about your game, Liminal Horror. And, and my first thing I'm going to want to ask you, because you tell the listeners, what exactly is Liminal Horror? Yeah, so Liminal Horror is, uh, I'll use the term rules light. It's just a pretty short, straightforward system that allows people to do horror in a modern day setting. And what we've found as I've been doing it is it's adaptable to a bunch of different types of horror, which is the cool part, right? Take your favorite movie, you can make it a Liminal Horror game. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So I want to know a little bit about the system itself that you've made here. Yeah. Okay. So there's three stats. It's based on, uh, it's hacked from the Cairn system, which is also from Into the Odd, which all that really means is there's three stats, strength, dexterity, control. You roll under those if you're doing something risky. Um, And it's really designed to fail forward, right? You you don't necessarily hate that things happen bad to your character. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're, we're playing a horror game. And so it ends up being something that can be pretty fun when things go wrong. The other big notable thing about it is there's no rolling to hit. Mm-hmm. You just do your damage. Damage is damage. There's no perception rolls. Information's given freely. And then there's a thing called fallout where if you get too much stress, it changes you and it sort of makes you more... Uh, I'm using quotes, weird. You get more tied into like the evil, the magic, the monsters, things like that. So instead of doing a sanity system like uh, Call of Cthulhu and things like that, we wanted to err against doing mental health stigma, which Mm -hmm. tends sanity systems tend to portray negatively. And so instead I wanted it to be like narrative things. Like I have a crown of tar that only some people can see, or there's a door that follows me that I can never open, but then one day maybe I will, or I have (laughs) uh, a bunch of bugs growing in my stomach that I then vomit out and makes everyone scared. Shit like that. So I, I, I want to know a little bit more about that because that's one of the things that was I thought was interesting. You are mentioning, I know, like, uh, like I'm going to put some comparisons here to, like, Beyond the Supernatural and All of Cthulhu are some of the horror games that I'm more familiar with. And they both do a sanity-type system, like you said. And the system that you have here is completely different, as you pointed out. How does that work mechanically within the game? Yeah, so stress uh, is things that as you encounter the weird stresses, just like damage, but instead mm-hmm. of going to your strength, goes to your control. And, you know, that's up to the facilitator to decide how much. And that's sort of a gauge of like how weird you want the game to get, how much stress you're giving out. Um, and then so it attacks, it damages you, it damages your HP, it damages your stat. And then um, if it damages your stat, you make a control save. And then uh, if you fail, you get fallout. And that's those things that are those narrative hooks. So I have a general ones for the core system, but every, and my recommendation to anyone writing anything for it or running their own games is that you create your own fallout that's tied to sort of like 
the big bad or tied to the genre, which really reinforces it. Like I have a game called The Mall, which is pretty much the thing, but set in a mall. Yeah. (laughs) And so the fallout there is all themed to that. Or we have The Bureau, which is about shadowy corruption into a government X-Files bureau. And so all of the fallout there is about like how the shadows infect you. They make you stronger and it makes you weirder and it makes you tied deeper into the world. Excellent. And I I have not picked up the mall or the bureau yet, and I'm dying to because they look <laughs> super cool. But I, I, I did pick up Little Horror and read through this and I, and I read it. And I was I was I was blown away. I really like it. I think that there's I think that this game is is going to have a, a lot of folks playing it. Uh, you all need to check it out. Now, you just there was just a recent Kickstarter that ended for some stuff. And there's also a uh, a sort of a jam or something like that. Could you talk about some of those, some of the things going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, what's fun fun is that they're both named the same thing: "Tales from the Void." You know, <laughs> sort of like other tales from the, <laughs> you know. But um, the jam, the actually, sorry, the Kickstarter specifically was so we could get three cool. Uh, writer designer artists to do digital pamphlets mm-hmm. they keep all of the profits all of the proceeds i just wanted to help elevate it so we could get more stuff on the scene and so josh Domansky and myself who wrote the bureau we decided to manage this for them and that's zach hazard evelyn moreau and matthew morris all pretty big names in what they do and they're each doing a pamphlet adventure for liminal horror and that just closed today which when we're recording (laughs) september 8th those will be available we have about a six month lead up time it'll probably happen sooner than that but we wanted to make it so it was zero stress for them so they could just like create cool shit and that coincides with the on Twitter, maybe about six months ago, I called dibs on having an October jam. I said, this is mine. No one else can do one. <laughs> and so we're doing a Tales from the Void liminal horror jam. It started in September and it will end on Halloween. And it's just like for people to make anything liminal horror. NPCs, magic items, fallout tables, adventures, modules, short stories, like literally anything. And it's just an excuse to see people make cool stuff. And there's already been a bunch of... Um, there's like solo rules that are already out, a, a faction, um, some adventures. And so I'm excited to see because I know some of the things that are coming down the pipeline and it's like some pretty cool stuff. That That's awesome. That's awesome. So how has, I, I mean, it seems like people are picking this up and paying attention to it. And a lot of folks are making stuff for it. I'm curious if you all have future plans for liminal horror hopes or fears. <laughs> okay so like right now there's like two big avenues of future goals um ideally both will happen i just don't know the order in which um i've been on i have like a goblin archives blot.im which is like a blog and i've been putting up appendices which are supplemental modular rules you could add like uh weapons tags or or time procedures like different like things you could add to liminal horror if you wanted to And so I have those up. And so maybe doing some sort of cool hardback would be eventually like a pretty rad thing. So that that might come. The other idea is I have a collection of pamphlets called uh, uh, set around an Oregon coast town called Bay Ocean. Each Mm -hmm. one themed after a different horror movie like Messiah of Evil or the (laughs) Japanese horror film uh, Haunted School. And just so my my goal would be that they all interconnect and you can like a red string around them and doing like a 
a Mouse Ritter estate style box set would be cool. Oh, that um, would be neat. That would be cool. I'd definitely be excited about something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, those are definitely, you know, with my with with my uh, day job and all that. Like, I'm slower on the writing now, which is also why I'm like really trying to support other creators making stuff for it. So there's mm-hmm. just a preponderance of uh, content because I agree. When I wrote this, I wrote it specifically because I saw it was missing in the OSR scene. Um, or there was a space for it to grow. I loved Electric Bastion Land and Cairn. And I was like, I want this as a modern set, modern setting, modern horror. Um, and I wanted a horror sh- game that didn't have that mental health stigma that was really just like, could emulate those movies that I like, right? Like yeah. emulate the thing, emulate Friday the 13th slashers. Like could be anything I wanted it to be. And so I, that's what I tried to create. And I think I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. good. I think it's a great little game. I, I, I really was impressed with the read We haven't ran it yet, but I, like I said, I think it was great. And I told Light, uh, right? I said, like, hey, you need to go get Liminal Horror. We need to, <laughs> we need to talk about this. So, cool. <laughs> so in it, it, at least a few times I talk about failing forward. And mm-hmm. as you run it, you realize things do snowball. <laughs> um, and in only the most fun way, especially like if, if you're framing, I frame everything as like a film when I, when I facilitate, when I GM, yeah. I describe the camera and all that. And so I have to <laughs> remind players when they go into it, I'm like, these characters are not precious. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to change as I've spent a lot of time with it. And I know the word liminal gets thrown around a lot online and what it means, what we've come to decide me and a few other people who've been writing for it specifically like Josh Demansky, who wrote the the bureau with me yes we we've decided spoke with josh here on the on the uh, on the podcast <laughs> they mentioned it josh and i uh when in our talking about what the system is came upon the realization that it's about how characters change um and their liminality of how they change from one thing to the other and mm-hmm. so that's uh it's it makes for fun play it because you end up with this great story this character who's completely different from what they were and um it it's just a bunch of fun you made a horror game i'm gonna assume that you're a horror fan would that be incorrect <laughs> it's interesting i've talked about this a few times or, I, or i've seeded it around growing up i was not very into horror like i loved the evil dead as like an adventure and like oh, yeah. them making it but horror itself like horror movies were never really my thing um horror fiction but as i've become an adult and maybe it's because my wife loves horror um, (laughs) it ends up being a thing i i started to like write this game and listen to podcasts that are sort of like horror horror fiction podcasts and i started to realize like i really really enjoy this genre so it's been (laughs) a thing that i get to discover as an adult now as someone who like is in it so all of these like classics that people had seen that i maybe hadn't before i get to watch with these fresh eyes and then harvest for parts excellent excellent <laughs> see I, I kind of did an opposite when i was growing up i was that kid that was into fangora always renting the vhs video nasties and all that stuff and then i went to the marine corps and i i saw a few things and i couldn't watch gruesome things anymore for a long time <laughs> i was like oh right. no and then i got i i in recent years i've been getting back into horror again i'm like oh okay but I do have a preference. I like supernatural horror, especially stuff like with exorcisms, <laughs> you know, like church stuff. <laughs> heck, heck yeah. And so what's cool is 
Um, and people are funny. I wrote an adventure primer, which talks about how you can just like bash Luminal Horror into any any type of uh, subgenre you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super adaptable to the type of things. And so I know that a couple of people are writing some like religious theme exorcist. I like that um, stuff. <laughs> stuff. And so I was just watching Ghost Watch. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. I'm not, I don't even think I've heard of that one. When did that come out? Is that recent? Oh my gosh! So it is. Um, it's a BBC like. Oh, those uh, are all. Or maybe good. not BBC. It's like a British like. It's a fake live newscast of them doing an exorcist on a house, and so it's like huh. it's like the Halloween special. <laughs> it's it's like the way they would do like the the ball drop, but instead it's about yeah. exercising a house. It's definitely worth checking out. I'll shoot you the link after this. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I love that kind of stuff. I love the stuff where it's like the power of Christ compels you. You got some priest over there fighting the demon or something like. I love whenever it's got some kind of evil de- devil demon stuff. I love that. <laughs> yeah, That's dude. the way. Yeah, and so people are writing that, and like, and that's the cool thing about it not being tied to one specific horror genre. Yeah. Initially, on like, if you look at Luminal Horror, it says cosmic horror on the back, but then I realized it's much, much more than that. That was just me emulating and sort of calling back to the Call of Cthulhu. But oh, like, yeah. as I've seen, I actually have only been writing like body horror or corporate horror or things of that nature, and realizing it's not just one type. It's really whatever you want it to be. Yeah, that's great. I think that's super. That's super cool. That it works well. Now, I'm I'm gonna go back to the rule set a little bit. Like we talked about how it's very much based on Cairn specifically. Yeah. Where does it deviate in ways that would make it more modern than something like Cairn and things like that? Could you? Okay. So, like the core rules and the chassis is pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is like the way damage works. That. I dropped scars from Cairn mm-hmm. and instead I, like I said, I added stress and fallout. Yes. Those are really like the things I added to the system. Mm-hmm. And what, what helped me as a new designer is I chose something that works well. I've run a ton. I know works. I know Cairn. I know into the odd works. It works at the table. It's a bunch of fun. I added that stress and fallout, which gave it the horror tint. And then I just changed um, character creation to do a lot of like questions. So there's a lot of like, what was your first exposure to the, to the void, if at all. And then there's connections to other players, right? There's like a, how, how do you relate sort of creating those bonds? Because then those are really fun. I think they're pushed and like strained in play. Um, And then just changing equipment. That was really the biggest thing. Like if really flavoring it and you can make any, (laughs) that's a fun thing about games is, throw a couple coats of paint on anything and you can change it into something you want it to. <laughs> yeah. Rules, you know, like you can like adapt things. And so I changed the equipment. And then um, the thing I've also found as I've written stuff for it is I write a custom character creation. And so the character creation in the backgrounds really help reinforce that setting and that theme. So like if I'm like for the mall, a lot of it is around like either you work at or you're visiting the mall. And so all the <laughs> questions are like, what store do you work at? What do you think about this mall? Like, do you hate it? Do you love it? Are you are you a wage slave? Like, what is it like? <laughs> what are you doing in it? And so it really gets the character, the player centered from the get go about like what it is in this modern setting. Like the oh, I <laughs> I work at a Jamba Juice in the mall and I hate it. And then oh yeah, now there's a thing monster. <laughs> We do a, a every year we do a Halloween 
game. And I think we've we've been doing dark places and demogorgons for a couple of years. We did Vassine uh, here a year or two ago. And I think the plan is that this year, I think Light's going to run it instead of me, because I've been running it for most of those years. And he's going to be running the liminal horror and specifically He's going to have to leave. He's going to be running the mall. So I'm looking forward to this. It should be interesting and fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the mall was the most like I had the mall in my head almost as long as I was writing or had living a horror in my head. That, too, I changed the mechanics of it specifically for that. So there's a way that players pick up these whisper cards and they mm-hmm. tell you whether you've been changed or not but the oh. only person who knows is the player oh, so no. there's like prompts about like getting someone's face or try to try to hoard goods so it's, it's like prompts for you to like start playing and then as other players see you with the cards they start getting paranoid like is he acting that way because of this or is it because he's <laughs> changed and so i've had some of my favorite table moments in all my years of playing when it comes down to reveal who's been or like they reveal that they've been changed. And then I had one time where there was a table of, I had four players and there's this card that says reveal if you've been changed, defend the redacted or attack the redacted. And the player's like, oh, that doesn't matter. None of us have been changed. And then every single other player at the table was like, yeah, no, we're different. And they explode out. And then I'm sitting there because I also, as the facilitator, had no clues. It preserves that, like, I don't know <laughs> who's different, like who's it. not. Yeah, it's, it took a long time to figure out. But in play, it's the most fun. That's great. That's great. Well, we're coming up on about time. Could you tell the listeners where they can pick up Liminal Horror, where they can find you online and, and maybe some of the adventures that are out there they can check out, too, and other supplements? Yeah, so you can find me online um, at Twitter, probably is the best place, uh, at Goblin Archives. Um, I also have an itch page that has all of the official Liminal Horror, uh, the mall, the bureau, Liminal Horror. It also is where you can find linked to the jam, the Tales of the Void jam, where a bunch of people are making stuff. I also, the one thing that's important to me is that access to games is important. And so the entirety of the core rule set for Liminal Horror is online for free at the GitHub. And so it's a long thing, but it'll be linked and you can find it easily from, from my pages. But like, I want people to have access. It's a fully searchable website. It has every single word that is in the Liminal Horror zine. One, because I want people to be able to do it uh, and play it. And the two, because even if like Logar buys the book and he wants to run it for the table um not everyone is going to buy the book but they can look it up on their phone and it's searchable too so you can like search stuff up because i wanted people to have access and that's the most important thing i want people to play my games that's all i care about (laughs) (laughs) and i think that the that exalted funeral has the physical copy correct yeah exalted funeral carries the physical copies of the mall the bureau and liminal horror awesome and some some flagship stores have it. I had it at my local Guardian Games, and that was maybe the best moment of my life seeing oh, that thing awesome. at my game shop. Awesome. That's great. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Thank you, Logar. I really appreciate it. This is a great podcast. I like oh, thank 10 you. out of 10. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me to hear that. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wildlies and Wishes, wildliesandwishes.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could use any support we could get. Keep this going. Patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>